Broncos All-Decade Tackle Orlando Franklin. Two-time All-Pro linebacker Chad Brown. Former Broncos tight end and New York Times best-selling author Nate Jackson. 104.3 The Fan welcomes you into the Players Club. Hour two of the Players Club coming at your grill. Oh, Lando, Franklin. Grill, huh? Coming at your grill, man. Yes, sir. Uh, Chad Brown is on the drive later today. So it's just you and I. We're chopping it up about the Broncos' loss 21-22 to the 49ers this weekend. Preseason game number two. That puts the Broncos at 0-2 in preseason under Sean Payton. The 49ers improved to 1-1 there after losing the first game to the Raiders. So the Denver Broncos um, were able to do some good things. I was encouraged by some things I saw from Russell Wilson. Some folks were not happy that he didn't play more, that they think he should be playing more. Where do you fall on this? Do you think that do you think that the way Sean Payton is because we've also had some conjecture about the practice reps, right? Um, you know, splitting a 12 play period 4-4-4 instead of and we had Jake Plummer on who's a successful quarterback in the NFL, buddy of, of mine and a friend of the show a couple of weeks ago during camp, and he said he wouldn't have been cool with that. He would have went, went upstairs to Sean Payton right away and said, hey, I need more reps. I had a bad year last year. I'm trying to prove that I can do this to my teammates and get ready for the season, learn your system. So so how does this like how, how does this fall in that same argument? Do you think it's the same thing where he deserved more reps and he should be talking to Sean Payton about that, or should he feel okay getting yanked when he did? Ah, man, I think that you got to feel okay getting yanked the way you did because of the 10 other guys. Football's a, a, a team sport. I think the runs that we saw Russ pull down in those runs, those were the right decision. I think if Russ holds on to the ball or stays behind the line of scrimmage for one more second, he's going to face full of Rydell. Somebody's, you know, being letting up in the passing game or, you know, wide receiver did not get open. So I think every decision that Russ made in the game on Sunday was the right decision, in my opinion. So when I look at it like that, Nate, yeah, you want your starter to get these reps. You want them to feel ready. But if you're Sean Payton, what's the plan past the 26? Well, we know what the plan is. Russ gets all the reps. But what's the plan from now until the 26, right? You got five days. You get two practices against the Rams. And are you playing the starters? Probably not. If you're, I, 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 I don't really believe that we're going to see Russell Wilson in this game, especially with what we just saw out of Russell Wilson in the last preseason game, right? So even if the starters do play, he might hold off on Russ out there. So with that being said, I think Sean Payton has to make sure that Russ feels confident, and I think that you could accomplish that this week by ramping up the reps this week against the Rams. So instead of it being 4-4-4, four, 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 maybe, hey, Russ, you're going out there and the starters are going to get six plays each and every each and every period. And, you know, Danucci, you're going to get a little bit less because you're going to play a lot more in the game because we might not play our starters at all. Yeah. It's going to be a Danucci game, right? Uh, yeah. Jared Stidham probably maybe a half, Danucci the other whole half. Um, hopefully he gets to show himself out there because – Maybe they keep three, maybe they only keep two, but he, this is an interview for 31 other teams, right? Well, you're um, keeping three, right? You would be, I, I, with what I we they, saw they, last year though, yeah. with San Fran and the ability that the NFL came down to, to keep three, you would think that each and every team, no matter what, would keep three on the 53-man roster. Or do you think the Broncos say, hey, you know what, Danucci, we're going to try to clear you all on 
through waivers and keep you on practice squad and have the ability to bring you up and down? Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, I think Sean Payton likes Danucci. Yeah. Remember, he, they had another guy going into camp that they let go right before camp and just wanted to go with three. So they clearly like all these guys. We'll see what happens with the way that pans out. But, um, you know, considering Russell's recent injury history, he had three documented injuries last year. He had the concussion. He had the hamstring. He had um, the, the lap right. that he flew to L.A. to get P- PRP in. You remember that? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice little day trip. Yeah, exactly. Um, they do PRP around here, though. I don't know if you know that. You, you could go up to Vail. You might want to get the, spe- the guy that's the specialist. Yeah. Maybe get a little, you know. A little, little something sushi, extra in little, there? A little sushi oh, okay. on the West Coast. Yeah, a little, Okay. Every go time I go to L.A., I got to get a little sushi, a little Cali burrito, maybe. You love those Cali burritos, but man. Absolutely. Yeah, who doesn't like carne asada and fries and guac and sour cream and cheese? Like, who doesn't like that wrapped up in a tortilla? I've literally never had a Cali burrito. Oh, man. I've had burritos. I was just in Mexico this weekend, and I had, um, I had a lot of Mexican food. They don't have Cali burritos. You could always get them to make a Cali burrito, though. They as long as you know the, Actually, they did. The ingredients. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could get them to make one here, then. Yeah. Where you get it all? I make Cali burritos at the house all the time. You do? Now, there's a lot of moving parts when you got to make the guac and you're making the pico. And, oh, you're making all... you make a pico? Don't lie to me. Yes. Okay, how do you make pico? Uh, Pico's not that hard. All right, tell me how you make it. What do you put in there? I do uh, some onions, tomatoes, some cilantro. I mean, I like to, you know, do a little bit of dry seasoning rubs in my Pico. Okay. So there's a little bit, yeah, I, I like to go from scratch, dog. All right, well, hey, man, You're, hit me what, up. you don't cook? Dude, like, I don't make my you're Pico just like from make scratch. It, oh, you're just going to go buy it from the store? Yeah, salsa, like, salsa, like yeah. yeah. See, if that's what to you like. To each his own, right? each his own, just like I, I, I thought of you this weekend. I was sitting in the chair next to my wife getting a Manny and Petty. Okay. And I was like, man, I wonder what Nate would say right now or what Nate's doing right now yeah. as I'm getting this manicure, I was, I was, pedicure. I was in Cancun on a bachelor party, so I wasn't getting a Manny <laughs> or a Petty. I was doing something different. But uh, but I probably need one now after being there. Get <laughs> the Cancun funk out of my toenails. Yeah. It's a good uh, trip, though, right? It was a good trip. Nice. It was one of my best friends. Um, aggressive. Aggressive. Three nights. Mm. And uh, these dudes did not lay up. They went for the green every time. So um, struggling a little bit, and I, I appreciate you bearing with me. Okay, so my question about Russell Wilson is, you know, I, I brought up the injuries that he's dealt with. Does that factor into the way you structure the um, the playing time for the quarterbacks, thinking that this guy might be a, a play away from another injury and we've um, got to get the backup ready to go? Like, yeah. you know, Peyton Manning wasn't the type of quarterback who was going to get out of pocket and try and hurt himself doing trying to scramble for a first down. So I think it should factor it in, but do I think Sean Payton and his coaching staff are factoring? No, I don't. Especially with Randy Gregory, right? I mean, that rotation that we just saw. Randy Gregory was playing deep into the third quarter this past weekend. Frank Clark's out there in the fourth quarter, right? So I think that, you know, if I was a head coach, yes, I would factor that in. But at the same time, I don't believe that Sean Payton and his coaching staff, I, I think it is about numbers and you're trying to get it to a certain point. And each and every guy, it, there's a specific plan, which I also like that thought process as well, because each body type is different. You know, Russell Wilson's body type compared to Danucci and Stedham is completely different. You know, Danucci and Stedham, they go try to go run for a first down. They might, you know, blow the tires might fall, come <laughs> falling off of that thing, right? So I, I think as a coach, the hardest thing is, is understanding each and every person's body type and what they're able to do 
as far as that individual and also how to get through to each and every individual. And that's why you get paid the big bucks to coach. He's making some good money. Yes, sir. Um, okay, you mentioned Randy Gregory. I'm interested in your thoughts on Randy Gregory and him, him playing into the fourth quarter. A guy who's been a uh, third quarter, a guy who's been injured, a guy who um, who has a, has had a hard time staying healthy. Has never played a full season, and a guy who at the beginning of this training camp we were all discussing whether he should play at all in the preseason. This yeah. guy's clearly um, Sean Payton wants to see something from Randy Gregory. Yeah, so I was up in arms in a, of it, Nate, when I was watching it. You know, tweeted about it. Why the hell is Randy Gregory still in the game right now? And then Mike Kliss does this thing that he always does during preseason games where he puts out what the starters played and what each and every individual reps count was that game. And I see Randy Gregory right around 22. Well, Sean Payton going in the game says starters are going to play 20 to 24. Mm. So it made <laughs> sense, right? And I didn't realize that there was a heavy rotation in the first half with this defense. So I think Sean Payton is you know, going about it with along with Vance Joseph kind of the right way. You know, going into training camp, I said, how is this team going to generate pressure? Who are those dogs? Don't really see a ton of those dogs. Don't really see, you know, this, you know, great first unit and second unit. And I was saying that there's going to have to do it by a rotation. Nick Benito, right? When he was at Oklahoma, wasn't asked to be, to set the edge in, in the run game. He was more a pass guy and, and rushing the quarterback. But Sean Payton has showed that. He will have a rotation on this defense, a early rotation at that, by the snaps that we saw. And Randy Gregory ended up playing deep into the third quarter. When it was all said and done, it was only 22 snaps. And when you got depth and you got young players who are relatively healthy, that's probably the best philosophy to to ensure that Randy Gregory is available for you late in the season. That's when you need this guy. I'm, of course, we need to win you know, game one against the Raiders, and we need to be in playoff contention. But you want this guy in December, January, and fingers crossed, February. He's wild, dude. Yeah, like the way that he plays, yeah, he's out of control. Yeah. Like that first little wide receiver screen to Debo, like watch him. He comes off, he changes direction, he starts running down the field, and he hit. Like the arms are all over the place. And yeah. then he's jumping when he's three yards away. And you could see why he's he only played 14 games in the most in one season. And is that something like that you can coach? A style of play to stay tighter, to stay more in control? I don't think so. I think that's it's like just who he is, right? how he runs. And, you know, people used to make fun of me of how I ran because I would put out my big palms and like I would kind of put them to the back. And people were like, are you like catching the wind in your hands? And that's what's putting you swimming, telling you a little air. bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, Russell Wilson's performance is not just about Russell. And it's not even just about the wide receivers who are or are not catching the balls. There's a, a really important factor that's going to contribute to Russell's health, his performance and his playing time. We'll keep diving into that next. You've been admitted VIP entry into the Players Club with Orlando Franklin, Chad Brown, and Nate Jackson. Russell Wilson, but we're talking about uh, Cali burritos, one of your favorite food items, Orlando. Yes. Someone, someone on the um, and, and to be to be clear, a Cali burrito is just a, a carne asada burrito with French fries in it, right? Carne asada burrito, French fries. Yes, that's like the the, the base, right? Um, any beans in there? No, you're not a bean. No, guy. no beans. No, no frijoles. No beans. No beans. All right. Um, but someone's saying on the RamosLaw.com text line, have you fellas had a sushi burrito? 
Yes, I have. Nori instead of a tortilla. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> no, thank you, I would say. Not Wait, a big sushi fan? What's nori? Um, I forgot exactly what it is. Wait, I mean, I would have to look up what that. I love how you <laughs> ask these questions. I'm trying to stump you, man. Stump the O, man. <laughs> stump big O. Yeah. You're an offensive lineman. You guys are supposed to know everything about food. Oh, yeah, really. <laughs> The person that is the least interested in uh, food, right? So, <laughs> well, you're skinny oh now. Yeah, there was a time though. Yeah, where you're probably like, whatever, I'll eat it. A dried edible seaweed used in Japanese cuisine. Okay, so you wrap the normal burrito ingredients in that, and that's supposed to be tasty. Yeah, it's just like the seaweed type of thing. They like, I mean, it doesn't. You you get the other flavors of the. The like burrito? the fish, the, the oh. rice, and all the other things. Are you like, putting did like you put a sauce on the there? Yeah, you, you're doing a lot of different things. You're putting sashimi is just raw fish, right? No, so I know, but like, you're, I've you're, never had raw fish in a burrito. But, Nate, you've had sushi before, right? Yes. So, you've had sushi with rice, right? With seaweed as well. It's just flipping it now. Yeah. Where now the seaweed is outside and everything now is on the inside. It would so taste the ro- exact same way. But it's just a ro- Why call it a burrito? It's not a burrito. It's like it was just a roll, like, you know. It's just a roll, but it's just kind of flipped, right? I yeah. mean, look. So you have that nori on the outside. Yeah, okay. Right? So okay. it would taste the same, though, Nate. Yeah, it's a hand roll. Once you throw it in your mouth and you mix it all mm-hmm. up, it all... You know, it gets combined together. With some homemade pico de gallo. So a little bit of homemade pico. Yes, baby. Love it. You think Russell makes his own pico? <laughs> I would love to know what Russ makes his own of. Like, own cereal. Like, like <laughs> what exactly meals are prepared, right? Well, he um, he clearly took his weight a little, or, you know, his, his, his body weight a little differently this year. He looks good out there to me. He looks amazing. Uh, looks very decisive in the pocket. The thing about Russell Wilson's career thus far is the guy has been a dual threat running the ball and, and throwing the ball and being able to discern when he needs to do each. And uh, the thing I was always impressed with Russell um, about was his ability to see when a play was, or see when he had lanes to take off and then just be decisive, run through them, and then get down before he ever got hit. You know, he perfected that baseball slide, uh, was very just intelligent about the angles that the defense was pursuing him uh, at. And last year, he seemed to not have that sort of skill, or at least it had, in my mind, it maybe was diminishing. But seeing him out there a couple days ago, it looks like the Russell Wilson, at least the guy taken off from the pocket that we're used to seeing. So hopefully he can protect himself and not get hurt doing that stuff. I think that's the big question mark. Yeah. I mean, that that's always going to be the question mark. How do you protect yourself? And, you know, I think Russ is at a point of his career that if he can protect himself, unless it's fourth down, right? If it's if it's third and fourth down, all bets go out the air. You got to go try to get the first down. You got to you know move the chains. But if it's like second and nine and Russ scrambles, I don't see Russ diving for that chain head first in a second and nine situation. I see him, you know, pulling up and, and sliding, the baseball slide, right? So that's what you hope that he's doing, and you hope that he understands that his body doesn't is not going to recover like it once did. Heck, I remember just my body, and I only played seven years, as I'm sure that you remember as well, right? I mean, the body deteriorates the longer you play this game, and you have to start looking at ways to kind of save your body. You know, I look at that Shanahan tree. I've always been jealous of that tree. 
Because you're not asked to move guys as an offensive lineman backwards. You're asked to move guys laterally. Mm. So it's less physical, saves your body a little bit more. When you're a Russ Swift, you, every opportunity that you get to save your body and protect yourself, when you scramble, you better take those opportunities. Unless, like I said, it's third down or fourth down. Yeah, and that's going to be the eternal challenge for Russell Wilson playing until he's 40, is how do you adjust your style of play to account for your changing body, you know, because Father Time... More success from the pocket, right? Exactly. But then the instinct, you see the lane open up, and you're like, I know I can get that first down. How do you turn that off and ditch the ball instead? But we've seen it. We've seen it with the check down. He does the nice little flip, little right, flip to, to Javante. Javante. And somebody on the text line was like, that was horrible. That was the time that he should have ran. So can't win with him, can't, can't win without it, right? I mean, you just literally can't win. But Russ, from a mechanic standpoint, looks like to, but he always has his eyes down the field. Yeah. So I think that's how you combat the, the fact of, you know, want to get those happy feet, want to, you know, go do it with your legs. Because if you could do it with your arm and – you know, save that, save your body for the next play and get, not be as tired with trying to run away from a 330 pound defender. Like, why wouldn't you go in that direction type of thing? Well, Sean Payton spoke after the game uh, about the protection and Russ's scrambling. Here he is. Well, I thought, look, I thought protection, we were better. I thought Russ did a good job of tucking it a few times. Our time of possession was good. And I thought we ran the ball a little bit better than a week ago. Yeah, I got to agree with him there. The running game looked better. Russ's decisiveness, tucking it, and getting upfield was better. Yeah, I, I think that this team really worked at the run game. Uh, the Wednesday before, yeah, the Wednesday before I was out there at practice, and a lot of the moguls were kind of upset, and I think a lot of the fan base might have been upset as well because in every period what I saw is that Russ got four reps, three out of the four were run plays. So they definitely put an emphasis on the run game, and they were looking for that to take a bunch of steps forward from the week before against Arizona. And this Broncos team was able to match the intensity. I thought that the Broncos did a heck of a job of stopping the run of, of the 49ers, but also the heck of a job of running the ball on the 49ers as well. So great job, coaches, emphasizing something, and players being able to go out there and get it done. Look at that, right? Yeah, they are learning. They are learning. Right? They're improving. and <laughs> Figuring things out. <laughs> yeah, and that running game that figures to be a big part of this offense and really something they hang their hat on. When we talked about going into this preseason, or I'm sorry, going into training camp, there was a lot of question marks in that running back room. Is Javante Williams going to be healthy enough? Well, he looks pretty healthy. And Jaleel McLaughlin has emerged as someone we weren't even talking about earlier. Cecil Lammy was talking about him, though. Yes, he was. we got to listen to Cecil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's seen a lot of quarterbacks with their shirt off. All right, um, Troy Rank, he's always got some thoughts on the Broncos, and we're going we're gonna to hear from him next. Troy joins us next. Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan presents The Players Club with Orlando Franklin, Chad Brown, and Nate Jackson. Can I kick it? Can I kick it? Can I kick it? Can I kick it? Troy Rank can kick it. He can kick it anytime he wants. We welcome in our boy Troy Rank of Denver 7 joining us. Presented by ROX Rocks. Heating and air. Troy, uh... Preseason game number two in the books. Broncos lost another one-point game. This one, 21-20 to the 49ers. A much better football team than the Arizona Cardinals. I'm talking light years better. Um, do, first off, before we get into the individual performances and things we learned from players, how do we feel that they lost two close games like this and, and haven't found a way to, 
to get it done in the W column. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't count, but it matters. It clearly matters to Sean Payton. When I talked to Adam Troutman last week, he told me it 100% matters because it's part of changing the culture. And it is preseason, so there's context. But it, when you've lost, you were 5-12 and 12 the previous year, you want to get that taste of winning, even in the preseason. We see it with the Ravens every year. They never lose a preseason game, apparently. But, you know, it's like if you're going to go to prom and you get the touch, you get the boot in the air, and you get the limo, you got to go to the dance, and they can't finish. But it's against third stringers, and a lot of those guys on the field, and I don't mean to be dismissive of their dream, a lot of them are not going to be on the 53. So I don't get too worried about that. But in the picture with Sean Payton and philosophically, it matters to him. But he was more upset with the officiating on Saturday when I was there than he was with the final result. He was hot, like volcanic lava spewing hot over the officiating more than he was upset with the loss, which against the Cardinals, he was clearly just upset with the loss. Yeah, Troy, I want you to continue to go down that officiating um, stuff um, because at the end of the first quarter, we saw it. It looked like Stedham was able to spike the ball one second. When you came back after halftime, like the 49ers broadcast team was saying something about not being able to kind of um, review it in a situation like that because there were it was under two seconds. Uh, do you know anything about this? That what we're hearing about this that specific situation at the end of the half, the first half for the Broncos? Yeah, there were two things involved there. One. Jalen Virgil, from my naked eye, and I was sitting in the press box right where that touchdown was, I thought he scored. And I didn't think they reviewed it. They supposedly they're supposed to review all potentially review touchdown plays, but not necessarily non-touchdown plays, and it wasn't ruled a touchdown on the field. If they reviewed it, that was the quickest review in the history of sports because it would have been roughly about seven seconds to <laughs> review that. They, Peyton said afterward they did review it. I don't know how they would have. I mean, did they just call up and say, hey, did you see that? Yeah, no. <laughs> okay, that's the review. And then I've never heard of a rule. Why would it be two seconds? Everything in sports now is down to tenths of second. You're saying you can't review a, a spike of the uh, kill the clock when it's two seconds and under? That makes no sense. I've never heard that. If that's the rule, I apologize. It looked like it was right on the number. That one, I have less uh, argument for them because it might have been a little late, and I'm not sure what Stidham was doing looking around at the line right at the end there. He should have just, you know, he, he cost himself at least a second. But I don't, I've never heard of that rule. Regardless of that, I thought Jalen Vir- Virgil scored. And that was just, that whole sequence was weird. And then Peyton was upset on the touchdown play that the 49ers later in the game when the, the Niners went ahead that they sub and that the Broncos didn't get a chance to do a defensive substitution. I mean, I asked him about his passion about coaching and his response to that question was, I don't want, I want to be friendly to them, but I, you know, I didn't understand this and he was arguing with them and he's just like, it's obviously preseason for them. I don't know what the time the flights were after the game, alluding to the fact that that review was a joke. They but they might have been, seconds. Troy, they might have been flying out of Santa Clara. That might have been the issue. The refs might have no, been. No, so you mean Sa- Sa- San Jose, you mean? Yeah, yeah, Santa, Santa yeah, San Jose, because San Jose's airport shuts down at a certain time. Where Sa- San Francisco, you got to drive, but it stays open later. Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe they were double parked. The parking's a disaster out there. They might have been <laughs> double parked. One of them had to go outside and feed nickels into the meter at halftime. That was probably it. Troy, so does does Sean Payton have an axe to grind with officiating in general in this league? I mean, he's he's pretty upset by this 
preseason loss and the way things went with the officials. He's been upset in the past over the officials. He's been suspended by the league in the past for, you know, improprieties or however you want to describe it. Is this a sign of things to come? Is Sean Payton always going to have tension with the authorities of this league? Well, he'll tell you no if they do their job right, but he's the first to let them know when they don't. He's a screamer on the sideline. He gets he runs hot on game day. Having been around him twice now on game day, he's I mean he's already tightly strung during the week. He's he is running hot on game day. I'll put it that way. So he doesn't suffer fools well. And if he feels like and he's a rules guy, he's one of those guys that knows every rule. It reminds me of like a Tony Larusa I covered in baseball. And they know the rules, and if they feel like you don't or you're somehow erring, they're not going to hesitate to let you know. And he he has done that multiple times in two preseason games. Is Some of it works. Like you, I'm going to say you intimidate the officials, but they know you're in their ear, and they know. And sometimes it makes it where, like, they're on their game. Sometimes it goes against you where they look to stick it to you. You see less of that in football than you do in baseball because there's a call on every pitch in baseball. But, yeah. He's not afraid to grind an axe with an official. He's just not. That's who he is. You have to be careful because sometimes it can hurt you, but I don't mind it. I don't mind him sticking up for it because the Broncos have been just run over the last few years on bad calls and everything. Again, I mean, sometimes you need a coach that just has to go out there and wear it sometimes and let the officials and people know we're not going to take this anymore. Troy, two preseason games down now. Sean Payton's playing these guys. These guys are playing a good amount. Um, what have you seen out there as far as the players? You know, we know everybody's paying attention to Russell Wilson and, and these other guys, but have you seen like some guys that came into training camp a little bit under the radar that have made a, a name for themselves other than Jaleel McLaughlin? Yeah, Jaleel McLaughlin's been a star at camp, three touchdowns in two games, and that's exactly how he's looked in practice. I don't see our 53-man roster without him on it because he gives them something they don't have, which is caffeinated speed. He just looks different. And now he got used on kick return. He muffed one, but had a huge return. So, yeah, he he, he has been a starburst this uh, entire summer. Uh, Elijah Garcia and Matt Henningsen along the defensive line, neither one of them really pop in practice. Uh, oh, but when you see them in games, they just make plays. Henningsen batted the ball down that Garcia had the pick on against the Niners. Garcia had sacks against the Cardinals. Again, they're light on depth on the defensive line. I would be surprised if one of those – Yeah, I mean, Henningsen, for me, is making it, but Garcia's made a strong case to make it. You know, as a guy – and then you look at a guy like Jaquan McMillan, the cornerback. He's in the mix with the way he plays. And he has a little bit of up and down to his game, a little unevenness. But he's a playmaker, and he plays with intensity, that underdog, you know, chip on the shoulder that I like and a toughness that I like. So those, those are a couple of guys that have popped for me. Uh, you know, and again, Russell played 32 snaps in these two games. I don't think he's going to play in the final preseason game. But 32 snaps, 10 for 19, 117 yards, three rushes, 25 yards. You project that over a game, 20 for 34, 20 for 30, excuse me, 20 for 38, right around 240, throwing 50 yards rushing. You can win that way. You want him to be more accurate than that. You want to be more like 65% than around, you know, 55. But you can win with this blueprint. And I, I will say I'm encouraged that Russell seems to understand he's not Mick Jagger of the Stones anymore. He doesn't have to be the show. He wants, he knows this is a physical offense with a running identity. If they buy into that and they run the football, Russell has a chance to bounce back this year. If they start throwing 40 times a game, it's not going to happen. 
Uh, Troy, I'm a big fan of Jalen Virgil and what he brings um, to the vertical passing game. I think he's the best deep threat that the Broncos have on this receiving core. But he he just had a, a knee injury, and that's going to sideline him for a while. What tell us what you know about Jalen Jalen's knee injury and just kind of where he where he shakes out as far as uh, th- this roster and if he's going to make the team and what it looks like for Jalen Virgil. Yeah, I didn't think he was going to make it before camp. And then Tim Patrick, unfortunately, is out for the year with Achilles. Brandon Johnson's been out for a couple of weeks with an ankle. He should be back this week based on what I saw on the side field for Brandon Johnson. And I think if he's healthy, he makes the team. But Virgil was trending in the right direction because of more opportunity. And also, he's been more involved on special teams coverage. So on kick kick coverage, that type of stuff, more versatility. Uh, But he had an MCL uh, he's having MCL surgery or had it. I think he might have had it. But the reality is that surgery, it can be roughly around six weeks. It just depends on the type of surgery, the way they do it. But I don't see him available anytime soon. I mean, at the very, very minimum, he's going to be out a month from that type of surgery. And it stinks for him because I do think he was ultimately going to make the team based on where he was after this second preseason game. But it creates opportunity now for someone else. You know, is Montreal Washington making Mims is making it. We know that. I think Brandon Johnson's making it. So where do they go after that? Is it Callaway, Humphrey, Montreal Washington? Callaway hasn't really popped like I expected, but he profiles better. But Humphrey got way more action in this last game. Is it an either or between Humphrey or Callaway? And I don't know if there's room for a Montreal Washington with Mims. It's kind of the same guy. But they have depth. And I think Peyton will use it better than we've seen the depth used in recent years. But it stinks for Virgil, because you're right. His high-end speed was elite. Great stuff, Troy. I appreciate you joining us, buddy. Thanks, Troy. You got it, guys. Have a great show. See you. There he is, Troy, Troy Ray of Denver 7, presented by ROX Rocks Heating and Air. All right, we're going to react to uh, Troy's thoughts on the Broncos' preseason loss, 21-20 to the 49ers. Big deal or no big deal? That's next. entry into the Players Club with Orlando Franklin, Chad Brown, and Nate Jackson. Preseason game number two in the books. Broncos lost 21-20. So the 49ers, we've been reacting to that all day, and uh, we just heard from Troy Rank talking, covering a variety of subjects on on Sean Payton, on the receiver room, on uh, Russell, and um, we haven't heard from Russell yet, though. And you know, you gotta. We've been talking about this all off season. Russell's best friend is gonna be a strong running game, and so he had to have been eyeing Javante Williams' return and, and hoping, and also just kind of fingers crossed that it works out well. So um, the fact that it did. Got to be a, a relief for Russell. Here is Russ talking about Javante. And what a journey uh, Javante's been on. I mean, just the guy that's uh, one of the best backs in the game. Um, obviously, he had a, a, a tough injury last year. And anytime you have an injury like that, you know, you have two choices, you know. And uh, he's given everything to the right choice. He just how hard he's worked. He's prepared at the best level. He's a guy that loves the game. He's so smart. Great teammate. And he was poised, ready to rock from the very uh, beginning of, of training camp. And it was good to just see him back out there. What a great feeling that is to see your star running back, uh, you know, back touching the ball, making plays, doing the things that he does best. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be a blessing to see him out there looking good. You know, while running back room was thought to be maybe a little thin coming into this training camp because of Javante's ACL. Right? Yeah. No, absolutely, man. If you, I think. The running back is the, the 
the best front of the quarterback. I would even argue it more than the wide receivers and the, the tight ends and throwing those guys down the ball. If you have a great guy that you know is going to be able to protect you in the passing game, pick up those blitzes, but also be an outlet to you in the passing game if you're going to free release them or, you know, check it down to them. But now you have a guy that brings the physicality that Javante Williams does. If I'm Russell Wilson, I'm saying, what do you need, Javante? Like, what, 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 what do you need from him? Let's go hang out. Let's get to know each other, right? Yeah. We're, we're best friends, dude. Well, you want to borrow my second chef? <laughs> get you a sushi burrito? Yeah, get you get that body right. Little right? Pico? Little, little Pico? Um, okay, not? so you just mentioned something that's interesting. We don't talk about it a lot. That's uh, protection from running backs. Running backs picking up the blitz or or being able to, to handle that part of the job requirement. Um, you were able to sit in on a lot of meetings you know, with Bobby T and – Coach Kyle Shanahan, who stress the running game and the wide zone system, it's very important that you are able to do all those things. How important is it to coaches that you're able to like to block, to pick up blitzes, and to stand back there next to your quarterback and protect them? Oh, very important. Um, it, just because you would like to run the ball on first and second down doesn't mean that you have to, right? You could get your defense sleeping and now throw the ball. But what do teams like to do on first and second down? They like to feel it out. They like to blitz because it's typically more where you're running down and more gap control. So when you have a running back that understands the protection, but also can come up and, and, you know, give that pop and, and, you know, kind of draw that line in the dirt where they're not going to get bullied and they could, you know, stone a defender. That's always going to be better. And you're going to be able to do more as a offense with that type of guy in there. Miami played the Houston Texans this past weekend. Miami had a running back in there, a little smaller guy, scat back type of thing. So what does Houston's outside linebacker defensive end do? He runs him over. Mm. Runs him flat over, gets his hand on the quarterback. Quarterback fumbles the ball. Now the quarterback was able to get back on it. But that play, instead of it being like a loss of five, ended up being like a loss of 12 because of that. Now, so, you know, the more stout running back that could pick up that protection, as a coaching staff, you're extremely happy that you have that guy in there because the whole entire offensive playbook is up. This brings more context to an idea like the one that James Merrillat floated out on a Merrillat Monday. Today's Merrillat Monday. And he dropped this thing um, at 4 a.m. And then he updated it at 6.06 a.m. But the, the point of the article, and it, it, it reads right there in the, in the title, Jaleel McLaughlin should be the Broncos' starting running back. A guy who is under 200 pounds. 4 a.m., huh? That makes sense. He's up at 4, man. <laughs> that makes sense. Hot takes. Talking these nonsense. That, that makes sense. 4 a.m. So, so if, if Jaleel McLaughlin was the starting running back, is that how teams would approach it? I think Jaleel McLaughlin would absolutely get... <laughs> I just, I, I think teams, you would open up a world of trouble if you trotted out Jaleel McLaughlin out there. People would want to test him. People would want to, you know, try to put a Fred Warner on Jaleel McLaughlin. How is he going to hold up picking, picking up now one of these like all pro inside linebackers? Mm. Right. So I think that if you have a quarterback that can make the quick and decisive decisions and knows where to go with the football and has like a Peyton Manning from the neck up, yeah, you, you'd be able to expose that. But um, I, I just think that you would open up a world. You would open up yourself to a little bit more trouble than you probably could handle as a football team right now. Yeah, you just hope that. Sean, I mean, what do you think, though? Dan? No, exactly. I agree with you. I think he's a 
he's a situational back right now. I mean, he, he now I want to see what he can do in regular season action, and he's going to get his opportunity. If he makes a 53-man roster, things are going to happen. Guys are going to get banged up. He's going to get his chance. But I would be concerned putting him back there as an every-down running back right off, right off the bat because of this exact discussion. It's not just toting the rock, man. It's not just looking sweet and busting off some big runs. It's the same reason why... You know, uh, Jerry, Judy, and Corlin Sun have to be better blockers. You know, it's the same reason why uh, Russell Wilson's long run got called back because because Corlin Sutton was was wasn't blocking effectively. He was kind of yeah. just like going through the motions with it. He had bad form and he held on to the guy when he broke away from him. There's more to it than just ha- with the ball in your hand when you're a skill position player. What are you doing on those other plays to help the play work? And I think that's what Julio McLaughlin might have a deficiency with just because of his size. But the, but like we talked about earlier, Darren Sproles was an incredibly successful player under Sean Payton, and he wasn't asked to be an every-down back standing in the backfield next to the quarterback. Yeah, and that's the difference, right, where, you know, James is trying to crown him and make him the starting running back. Do you know the problems that you open up for that young man is being the starting running back? Yeah. Like, you're go- at least when, you- when you're not an every-down back, you're able to hide these guys a little bit. And, you know, Darren Sproles being out there, I wonder how many times Sean Payton kept him into protection. A lot of it was free release, and Drew Brees is going to get the ball out of his hands as fast as possible. Yeah. In this situation, we're going to sit in this, th- you know, this uh, third and two to five situation now, and, and trot him out there on the field. It wasn't going to be like a third and eight where you might have to hold on to the ball and leave the running back in there for protection to push the ball down the field. Well, Javante Williams, not the only player that Russell Wilson had some thoughts on. Here is Russ talking about his supporting cast. Yeah, I thought we did a great job. I thought the offensive line did a tremendous job with, with protection. I thought that they did a really good job of keeping the space, and I was able to step up and get the ball out of my hand quickly, get, get the ball to the right guys at the right time, and then obviously scramble for some really big first downs and using my legs. I feel great. Those guys did a great job, you know, protecting. It was good to see Mims out there make his first catch, too, as well on a key play. And there's a lot of good things, you know, feel great about it, just where we are and just all the hard work those guys have been putting in, all of us together, and it's coming together one day at a time. Come together one day at a time. A lot of good things, okay? But uh, let's let's parse through all the cliches a little bit here and talk about the offensive line. Have they improved, Orlando, since the beginning of training camp? Because they were uh, struggling at the beginning. I'm comfortable with this offensive line as far as where it stands in the run game right now. And when you start game planning, it'll be a little bit more specific, and they should be just fine. But I am worried with their ability to protect the pastor. I am. What You're worried about what? Say that again? Their ability to protect the pastor. Okay. Um but they have the talent, right? So they just have to come together as a unit. Isn't isn't that what it's about? Um, yeah, there's talent there, but at the same time, there's just, I mean, guys, there, there's deficiencies. Deficiencies, and we're working on them one day at a time, like Russell Wilson said. Uh, that's it for us on the Players Club. Good stuff, oh, Stick around. Stokely and Zach, they're next.